Episode 27 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Trav of Nest Friend. That's Alex of SNES Drunk. Just a couple dudes talking about YouTube and whatever else, gaming, beer sometimes. Alex, how are things going over there? Once again, I want to say, been flipping through the old feed there. Uh, not as much Metal Jesus this past week, but still no SNES Drunk. <laughs> Where's Metal Jesus? I'm more worried about Metal Jesus. Where is he? <laughs> is he gone? Did he disappear? <laughs> He said I he need my hidden back. gems. He, he, he Where's will... my hidden gems? <laughs> he, he I will need return. the gems that are hidden. <laughs> um, now, I, I'll be back on... Uh, this will post on Friday. I'll be back this coming Tuesday. Um, I've already got uh, that Tuesday video done. It's about uh, overpowered 16-bit athletes in uh, part du, as they say in the Hot Shots universe, or in France, yeah. whichever comes first. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm just talking about more Bo Jackson, more uh, Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. Any excuse I get to talk about those two things, I'm going to take it. So, so yeah, that's what's going on with me. It seems like you needed those things to get you excited about making a return, and, and most of us will be pretty happy to see you come back. So, cool. I'm glad you're back on the wagon. Did you feel like it was a good break? Do you feel recharged? Are you ahead of the game? Uh, mostly I, I think I'm, uh, I've got my other job busy season behind me. <laughs> so now I have, uh, and plus I, you know, you, you need to get away from something in order to miss it. You know, like yeah. th- it's that, I think that's not to get on my soapbox here, but I think that's one of those things about the, that makes the NFL even more popular than it has any right to be. And college football for that matter too, because it's only, September through uh, January and I guess February now, but every other uh, sport goes on f- seemingly forever. Yeah. And it's like, how can I miss you if you don't go away? And it started to be like that for me where it's like, how can I miss doing this if it's always here? Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I started to miss it. So, That's but yeah, good. no, the last time I took a break, I, I, it wasn't a real break. I talked about this last time, but it wasn't a real break. It was just like me giving myself time to like build up my backlog again. And that didn't really work. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, no, I've got, I've got a decent backlog now, uh, of videos that, so I can start working on some bigger projects. That's cool. That's good to hear. Uh, my, my last video, I mean, I might as well have been taking a break. I was just playing Balloon Fight. There's nothing to it. It probably took right. me longer to make the video than it did has anyone ever played the game. But, um, it's you know, it's okay. It's okay. Actually, I had fun. It's it's an oddly addictive thing. Someone made a comment in the video. It's like, how is this not just... I mean, it's basically old-school Flappy Bird. How is it not a, a portable um, or a mobile uh, game. How is that? How is it not a thing? And I agree. It's just joust with balloons, but there is a mode that's kind of an endless runner that I had a hard time putting down. It's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I was hoping you, you, you know, you, the game would be, you know, I, I obviously know balloon fight, but 
uh, you know, if, <laughs> if I were somebody going into this video without knowing what balloon fight was, I would have thought it was like just taking, you know, like going to a birthday party and grabbing all the balloons right. and just like pounding the bejesus out of somebody with with balloons. Man, and know, that's what to, I really want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. That would be it, more fun. I mean, that's a that's a true balloon fight, right? Yeah. Or or, or I, no. I well, I think so. And actually, I always make some I I hate writing descriptions on my YouTube videos. <laughs> Absolutely hate them. And I probably don't do my channel any service by the ones that I do put there cuz the only one I put for balloon fight was I got in a fight with a balloon once and I won by a lot. That was all I put for it. That was the description. <laughs> that's that works though. Because <laughs> I don't. I mean, be that's like, accurate. Balloon, balloon fight is a video game on the any. Like, just watch the video. You don't need to mean. <laughs> I mean, and and for the most part, to your point, most people probably already know what it is. Don't need my review. Don't care about a black box review. But you know, it's my channel. <laughs> so it's your channel. It's do channel. whatever you want. Yeah. Do what I want. I do what I want. Do what I want. Speaking, I do what I want. Speaking of doing what I want, we, we talked last week about first-person RPGs on the NES, and I, I definitely talked down about all of them as a group. I said, they're all shit, they're all ass, they're all shit-ass, you're just walking around in an 8-bit universe, and they're all bad and slow. Uh, but a good friend of mine who listens to this podcast was like, buddy, you got to check out Pool of Radiance and Ultima 4. I think I think they're a little better than what you're what you're saying here. Really? Ultima 4? He's, he's my boy Crabmaster, he says, and he's the one. I have to listen to him because he, he loans me footage wow. of games I don't want to put a thousand hours into. He can give me some of those in-game bits for the old for the old highlight reel. Huh. And I got to trust him. He's played 600 NES games and beaten them. So I'm like, okay, sorry. Wow. So, so yeah. Right I, on. I, I, I take I would, back what I, I said. I never would have guessed. Yeah, okay, all right. He, he, Trav takes back what he said. Uh, I never would have guessed that um, that was a, a game worth playing on the NES, Ultima 4. How about that? How about it? How about it? We'll see. I mean, maybe to him it is, maybe to me it isn't. We'll find out one day, I'm sure. Uh, let's take it to the... Oh, there's no emails. You guys should email us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. That way we can read your emails out here on the show. So please... Please send those in. Anything. Uh, you can even complain about us. We'll read your complaints out. You don't have to tweet them. How about that? Uh, yeah, please complain <laughs> about us. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> our first uh, email here is, uh, we're our, I'm sorry, our first, we're reading some more listener questions because we had a bigger pool of those. And uh, first one here comes from Burger Champ, a prolific uh, question asker here on the show. Thank you, Burger Champ. He asks, do you find that your YouTube assignment play dictates what you play for leisure or vice versa? Or are these not mutually exclusive? They're not mutually exclusive for me, um, especially since I have access to modern stuff and I don't really do any uh, modern stuff videos. I don't have the means to do that. I played uh, a bunch of Nier Automata over the summer. Um, right now, I'm plowing through both uh, Metroid Samus Returns and Mario 3D, uh, was it 3D Land or 3D? It, I think 3D Land is the 3DS <laughs> one, right? I think so, <laughs> I yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, 3D Land, yeah, the is is super fun. Um, I'm through World 5 onto World 6. Um, I'm a little annoyed that you have to get 50 of those uh, coins to advance to the final castle because I've been ignoring those this whole time. But uh, I had no problem going back and getting more. But, um, yeah, no, I, it's, I can play whatever I feel like playing. Like right now, for the Patreon, uh, 
we're playing through uh, the game of the month is uh, Tecmo Super Bowl for the Sinestrunk Patreon. And uh, we're just having fun with that. And just like, you know, whatever quirks come up, whatever weird stuff comes up. We had a fellow uh, by the name of Greg that came up with this weird bug. I don't know how he was able to find this. That's where every player on a kick return, I think it was just a kick return. I don't think it was every play. Maybe it was every play, but it was definitely on kick returns where um, these, the returner, whoever had the football was able to freaking accelerate to like 999 miles an hour and sprint to the end zone like Usain Bolt. No problem. And so the final score for his games were like 89 to 75 or something like that. Jeez. And uh, they just kept getting faster. Um, it's, it, he, he posted a video of it, and it was just like, how is that possible? And it's got to be some sort of bug. It was Tecmo Super Bowl three actually, for hmm. the Super Nintendo. And uh, I I wasn't able to replicate the same thing he's talking about, but I'm eager to try. <laughs> yeah, because it's because it looks hilarious. That's pretty um, funny. But plus, it's football. It's uh, you know, football NFL season just started, and you know, I got NFL in the mind, so I like playing stuff like that. There's playoff baseballs coming up, so I want to play some Griffey. Um, yeah. So no, it doesn't. What I play from the channel is totally separate from what I play for fun. And that helps because I, I don't have kids. <laughs> I, I would say I do have kids. It doesn't really uh, affect me a whole lot either because, <laughs> thankfully, the so the, the output that I generate that revolves around games, um, I, I, if you take, you know, we talked about Tales of the Lesser Medium. If you take that out, which I, I don't play games for that, but I still have to do a lot of research for it. But, like, for the Polyco podcast, I'm I'm just getting on there to talk about games I'm playing, so I'm not restricted to play any certain game. So that's kind of the nice thing is that I'm just generating content by mm. being alive, which is pretty sweet. The the uh, the Nest Friend channel. I mean, I like I like playing the NES stuff, and I don't have any restrictions. Unlike you, who you have to answer to your Patreon folk a lot of the time, I don't have that. So I do get to uh, just kind of go on a whim and and really just play whatever I want. And so far that's worked out. I've not even the bad games. I sometimes don't mind to do it just because I wouldn't do it otherwise. The channel kind of says, okay, it's not great, but look at it and and put your thoughts uh, in order. And sometimes I come away thinking like, okay, it wasn't that bad to be honest with you. I always heard it was terrible. So yeah, I I think the uh, the assignment play you know it dictates you know nothing really i get to i uh, get to do whatever i want and um it's it's nice i would hate to be forced to play a game i would hate that <laughs> it's nice even with the bad games to just at least satiate your curiosity yeah. like oh that's what this game is so that's kind of cool yeah and sometimes it's fun to to find ways to make fun of the bad games and those can be the more the funnier videos also yeah. done anyway so yeah you get to go all mystery science theater on it right on so our next question is from clumsy with a K, uh, they ask, everybody knows good games ha- that have aged badly. What are some quote-unquote bad games that have aged well? Hmm. And he lists Dracula X as an example. And he's referring to the uh, Dracula X uh, Super Nintendo port of Rondo of Blood. Right. Which a lot of people slag on and say is is, obviously it's not as good as the TurboGrafx-16 version, uh, or the original Rondo of Blood. It, nothing's going to touch that. 
based on the you know from the time but uh this is a really hard question i i don't know what to pick for this to be honest with you um i always anytime i have a hard question i always go towards sports games (laughs) (laughs) i but i can't do that here because sports games only age poorly basically unless it's like nba jam or or tecmo super bowl or something like that but yeah i don't know what else what else is bad that would have aged well? Um, the only example one. I could shoehorn in here is not is is not to say that the game is bad, but I think its appreciation has gotten better over the years. And I could maybe name two games that would fit that. One would be uh, the second Legend of Zelda. I think that game has sort of um, been more loved over time. I think in its heyday, people didn't like it. It's not gotten really better or worse, in my opinion, over time, but I think people started to come around to it after a while, and I would say the same thing about Simon's Quest. I think I think it's gotten unfairly beaten up over the years, but it's always been a pretty solid entry. You, you showed as much in your uh, review here not too long ago. So that that would be the closest to an example I think I could give. And those aren't even bad games. Yeah, exactly. Like, to begin with. Yeah, just the perception yeah, that... changed, but the game itself, always they were always fine. Yeah, those are that's those are two really good examples though. Mine would probably have to be uh, a game I was working on recently, uh, Pilot Wing sixty four, and this is a it's a such a strange game to play today because it's three different things at once. It's number one, it is um, it was I should say way ahead of its time. It's that's very obvious. It was a launch title for the N sixty four. It takes that uh, feeling from the from Mario sixty four, where it's you, the initial feeling outside the castle, where it's like, wait, I can just like hang out here, I can do whatever I want, I can run around and do whatever, and it's like Pilot Wing sixty four says, yes, you can. <laughs> In this game, you can just fly around and just you know you complete missions, you have unlimited continues and all that sort of stuff, um, and you just fly around this island, and there are modes you can unlock that. Uh, do just that that allow you to just hang out um, which is awesome I love that kind of stuff Uh, but number two the game has aged very poorly because it's an N64 game and it (laughs) you know there's the great there's the gray fog there's the the boxiness there's all that sort of stuff there's the blurriness um, all that's good stuff we're all used to hearing about uh, when it comes to N64 games. But at the same time, the game is still worth playing today because it's still a chill playthrough. Um, And those are becoming more and more in demand today because look at stuff like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley. Uh, Those games are super duper popular. And it's like there needs to be another Pilot Wings game, I think, for Switch or something like that because I think it would fit right in with that stuff. Um, Yeah. As long as they dial back the difficulty just a little bit, because that kind of takes the chill away from it. Right. Because Pilot Wing 64 is super tough, but that doesn't make it any less relaxing because you know you have unlimited continues and unlimited uh, tries to do whatever. You can turn it off and, you know, it's it's fine. You know, if you fail, it's fine. It doesn't matter. You can try again as many times as you want. So, yeah, that would be... Pilot Wing 64 isn't, again, it's not a bad game at all. It was never a bad game, but it's aged well in a weird way, in a way that I would not have expected. Right, right. Like, it maybe it didn't age as poorly as its peers in some regard. Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. Uh, whereas, try and play uh, 
what is that Star Wars game called? Uh, it's not. Sh- is it Shadows of the Legend? I gotta Google. Shadows of the now. Empire, maybe. Shadows of the Empire. That's what it is. Yeah, Shadows of the Legend. What is that? I don't uh, know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is either. Um, no, Shadows of the Empire. You you run around third person, and everything is so drab and so boring, and it's just mm. not good. And everybody is like a million miles apart, and. The aiming is terrible. The controls are not good, and ugh, it's just a big pile of bleh. And <laughs> no thanks. I, I just don't like it. I don't like games like that. It's aged really, really, really poorly. Um, no offense to any of the. I mean, okay, plenty of offense. I, I wouldn't mean my opinion if I didn't mean offense. So please take offense please. if you like that game. But I, I'm also, I, I'll be offended for you. I wow, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's fair. I mean, the, you know, a lot of the games from what you have dubbed uh, 3D puberty just don't, they just don't cut it these days. And that's, that's to be expected. All right. Uh, well, coming up next, we have Brian and Jim from Drink a Beer and Play a Game. Yeah, we're doing a home and home, as they say in college football, since I was just on their podcast. Uh, they started out with a YouTube channel back in 2013 where the two of them reviewed games. Uh, often making sure to mention what beer goes well with which game, which is a pretty cool touch. It is, and like you said, it's it's kind of funny. They started their YouTube channel uh, roughly, a, you know, just a couple weeks before you kicked it off. So these guys are seasoned veterans. They've been at it for a very long time, and they started their drink a beer and play a game podcast, uh, the Power Hour, back in 2016, and have since cranked out 80 episodes and are still going strong today. So stick around for Drink a Beer and Play a Game's Brian and Jim. All right, we are happy to have our guests here today. Of course, we have Jim and Brian from Drink a Beer and Play a Game. And just so that the audience can tell your voices apart, uh, I'll, I'll ask each of you a question right off, right off the bat here. Brian, what are you drinking? Today, I am drinking the Lancaster Kolsch, a German-style Kolsch ale. Uh, it's local to us here in PA, and it's only about 5%, so it goes down easy, so I'll go through a couple of them. Wow. Good deal. And Jim, what about you? What are you drinking? And welcome. Oh, hello. Thanks for having me. And I am drinking the Omnipolo Hypnopoma. It is a imperial style brewed with marshmallows and Madagascan vanilla beans, and it comes in at 11%. So wow. This will Holy do me crap. pretty good. This is a good way to start. That's a good way to start. Yeah, that'll get you nice and cozy. Yeah, I can definitely tell you guys are practiced at uh, listing off what beer you're drinking. That's very good. I usually fumble over that. I'm like, I'm drinking a brown thing. It's in a bottle. It's uh, I just it's cold. Um, so yeah, that was very was very good. You guys are very practiced at it. It says the silver bullet on the side. Yeah, here the mountains are blue now. Yeah, I'm just reading my koozie. Colorado. <laughs> But no, that's cool. So I guess we'll jump right into it. Obviously, uh, Alex is very familiar with you guys and your podcast and your YouTube channel. But maybe briefly for the for the folks listening that aren't as familiar, uh, what all do you guys put out there into the Internet? I know you have podcasts, you have videos, but how would you summarize what you do? Yeah, so the easiest way would be when we review games and part of our game reviews is on top of just talking about the actual game itself is we pair a game with beers kind of like you just get beer pairings with food and we make it specific for a game we're saying hey if you want to play resident evil it'd be a good idea to drink a stout that's a little bit darker or something to that nature and then on top of that we do um some top tens and our weekly podcast 
in between we'll throw some random videos they might be more beer heavy or they might just be something specific about gaming but i'd say our general format is just the reviews the podcast and top tens right on so how did you guys meet and uh how did you decide on starting the youtube channel oh jim do you want to tackle that one yeah so met by chance basically uh we met at college the it was actually before the first day they had uh brian and i were both commuters so we were poor schmucks we weren't gonna be the ones living on campus so they wanted to have a day together for all the uh kids taking the train to get to meet each other try to make friends that way so we just kind of randomly sat at the same table and from there it was uh through a couple mutual friends and then we found out we went to the same high school but we didn't know each other back then and now we're brothers-in-law, so, you know, that's how that works out. Oh, holy crap. I didn't know that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, so that eventually said, like, hey, let's, let's, let's start this YouTube thing. Was there anybody you looked at and said, like, hey, this person's doing this on YouTube. We can do that, too, or anything like that? Yeah, Jim and I were both huge into just, you know, this is, you figure, 2012 timeline. It's 2013. I think your first vid was August 2013, which is funny because that that's like a couple weeks before my first video. Exactly, yeah, and and but in 2012 is like Jim and I we were really big into like watching pretty much all the most popular, probably angry video game nerd being the most popular at the time, um, and I one I just liked the idea of video editing, but we also like saw a lot of reviewers that we just kind of thought. I'm not crazy about the way they're reviewing because they never seem to stay consistent with like, you know, every game to them is a 10 and are these games really 10 or is this game really as bad as they're saying? So, you know, in our infinite wisdom, we're like, Oh, well, we could probably get a more easier way to review. And the beer thing was just more or less, Hey, this is a guaranteed excuse for us to get together once a week, drink some beers, play them together um and the beer thing really evolved into the whole pairing it before it was just uh here's what beers we were drinking while we were finishing this game right and then it evolved into the pairing that's such a good idea for a channel it really is <laughs> it's it's a good it's a it's a good um way to make it interactive and have the audience kind of play along uh which is really cool yeah, yeah it's a good way to fuse two hobbies too like you can you can drink a beer and play a game but you know if you're if your hobby is like i don't know like shooting skeet and playing video games it's going to be a little bit more difficult to cross those over to a youtube channel so i think it's uh it's a pretty smart move to come i don't know what shooting skeet is it's honestly the only thing that came that came to me in that moment you've been playing duck hunt lately or something like what, we, where did that come from we can edit it out it's perfectly fine with me but but the you know it, it is kind of neat that you can uh, you can come together on those things and it, they're they're very wide and expansive hobbies everybody likes well most people like beer and video games, but you guys, you do, you pair it in such a unique way that I think it really does uh, make for a really good entertaining YouTube channel and an informative YouTube channel at that. Thank you, yeah, and it totally, That's really nice. Yeah, and it totally wasn't just a way for us to get together once a week away from the girlfriends <laughs> to get smashed. It totally wasn't that. Totally, obviously. We got to make that clear for all the <laughs> listeners. So was the podcast just more of like a freeform extension of the YouTube channel? It, it was like... Or was it a second excuse to get together and drink more beer? Uh, it was pretty much just the kind of thing where it was like a lot of the other shows, like the CU podcast, where all these different topics would come up. That's like, we want to talk about this, but how the hell do we make a video out of it that would be you oh, know, okay. worth sitting down and doing that way? So I was like, well, let's just make a podcast. Everyone else is. So why not? <laughs> 
Yeah, and part of the podcast was also, you know, Jim handles our Twitter and getting more and more people interacting with us. It was like, instead of just having him answer it and half his answers on Twitter were terrible, I'm like, we should probably do a podcast where we talk about this out loud, about if people are saying that, what's your favorite game or what's this or what's a beer that goes well with this? So it was just just an additional excuse to get those kinds of things out there. Yeah, that makes right sense. On. Yeah, and in addition to, I mean, we were talking about how I guess videos came first, then podcasting, but your your YouTube channel is actually pretty impressive. I know we've talked about it's been around for a long time, but you have almost 900 videos on that thing. And I know they're, they're not all reviews. There's there you got your podcast on there and, and different hardware reviews even and just random stuff. Um, so, it, it you know, it, it seems like you've tried a lot of different things. Is there anything, I guess I'll ask two questions here. Is there Are there any, uh, you know, any attempts that you've made within YouTube, because YouTube is, is always this thing that people try to throw things to the wall to see if they stick. What's one thing that, I'm not going to say regret, but what's one thing you're like, man, I wish we hadn't made that video or wasted our time on that um, that idea. And then the other side of that is what's something you're really proud of that you've done that you've not done in a while, maybe you'd like to go back to on the channel? So I think something that we probably spent too much time on uh, we tried a, you know, a few of these like things called beer battles, and it was really one that was the better. It was an idea just to try to bring like kind of like a comedic role to like the whole which beer is better. And if you're from PA, there's like two famous Christmas beers. So we did a whole skit basically as the beer bottles, like with like I don't want to call it stop motion, but just moving the bottles and talking. And it was actually like Bud Bowl. Exactly. Yep. It was really yeah. fun to make. Um, and we enjoyed like actually, cause we don't script anything else. Like it was kind of fun sitting there doing the script, but it was one of those ones where like the amount of effort put into it and the just lack of like, it seemed general interest. It was like, okay, that's something we're probably not going to do again. But it, like we had thought of other ideas to do. We just never got around to doing it. Which beer ended up winning? The, uh, Mad Elf. I don't know if you're familiar with Trogues. <laughs> in our area i i'm not but i just want to make sure i get the right christmas beer this this coming christmas if, <laughs> yeah. if i'm able to find it i don't want some loser like uh you know that that loses the the pa christmas beer bowl i want the winner <laughs> yeah and one other thing that was funny is you know when we first started as you said we have about 900 videos and i don't know the exact count off the top of my head of what were reviews but when we first started we had i mean we were trying to pump out at a minimum one review a week but a few times we went super crazy when we had the time and did like 30 days of every simpsons game and it was every single day we released the review and that was like i look back at that and i'm like okay that was like it, it was good we did it and we committed to it but dear god the amount of time spent on that, that yeah why do we was, do that why do we do that I, to ourselves <laughs> And we, we, we tend to do that sometimes. We theme months. So, like, we did every Mortal Kombat game. Or last year it was, like, Resident Evil. And the timeline, we were, like, we're never committing to just every single day in a month doing a video. Because that's, that's crazy. Um, so that's something we will never do and probably not recommend unless you're someone who has the ample amount of time. <laughs> yeah, no kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> unless your kids have four legs and are covered in fur. Um, or if they know how to do- video edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can put them to work. That's why people have kids, right? So they can right. mow the lawn one day. <laughs> but yeah, um uh <laughs> right, right, Trav? Yeah. yeah. Talking about that lawn again, right? Yeah, at that rate you could just get a goat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you guys also integrate like a beer requirement in some of your reviews on, on YouTube. Um, and I, I really enjoy that personally. It, may, it makes me laugh mostly because it's, it's thrown in so casually like, this took me a couple beers to get through this, <laughs> like, <laughs> to make it more palatable. Do you guys know, are, are there any uh, games that come to mind of uh, what game has required the most beer because it's bad? Ooh. I mean, Superman 64, I think, was up there. Uh, ooh, we've Wayne had some Gretzky's bad ones. Hockey was up there. For um, N64? The, the NES version. The NES version. NES version? Wow. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's it like was, a port of a Amiga game or something like that. And, yeah, it's almost damn near unplayable. Wow. That is a good question, though, because that is one of the most asked things is it'll be you know whatever well, is, about what the mean? review yeah what does it mean and, and and what we try to say is during the video if we're talking about a beer requirement we just say hey either it's just like having a good time when you're out with your buddies a beer could be something for hey this is a really good time i'm gonna keep drinking and keep the good times going or i'm having a terrible time and i need this to get through it and that's we try to make it specific to the game if the game is bad we generally say you're gonna need you know bigger beer goggles to get through it but if it's good we <laughs> might say yo that you know kudos to the graphics in this game this deserves a celebratory beer and we'll just throw it in sure. like that but yeah the amount of people they're like so this game needs eight beers are you telling me i can't enjoy it if i have eight beers <laughs> and we just say don't take it too serious <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 not letter of the law it's spirit of the law <laughs> Um, and that answers the second part of my question, which is which was going to be uh, what game requires the most beer because it's fun to play with other people. So the beer requirement covers all all bases basically. It's to expl to put it in you know simple terms like it's it's both. It's it's can be, it can be to describe something where you need to, uh, as much alcohol as possible to get through say uh, Bart's Nightmare for Super Nintendo. <laughs> or maybe it's something you can have a couple beers with your friend or like three or four beers in my case playing the Simpsons arcade game, which is my one of my picks for the best uh, Simpsons game ever. Yeah. No, that is uh, that's that very true. List. And goddamn Bart's Nightmare. We actually made a drinking game out of the dinosaur level in that because of how oh, annoying God. it was. That took so long for me just to get like usable footage to, <laughs> for for the video that I made. I hate that game. And every once in a while, you know, like uh, I'll see somebody somewhere, like on Twitter, somebody will retweet something, or maybe I'll see something somewhere that's like, "Anybody remember Bart's Nightmare?" And, and I see the replies, and it's like, "Yeah, it was great, childhood, <laughs> blah blah blah." And I'm like, "What the hell game did you guys play? Because this game is this game is freaking awful." So it had to be yeah, I, one game. It was one game syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, well, my my parents got this for me, and the only other game I had was Bill and Beer Combat Basketball. So, <laughs> and that's and that's a pile of crap. So, yeah, yeah. that game is friggin' it, it's it's awful. That definitely required some good amount of beer. I actually I actually have some uh, breaking news. I, I don't know. I don't know if I should say it though, but um, okay. So there's this fellow online. Uh, he's he's got a Patreon. His name is uh, Baron von Lecter, and he's a guy that um, he's going to be kind of mentioned in my next video because I got the uh, roster update for Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball for 2020, and it's really good. It's really awesome. It's a lot of fun playing with the modern players and like the refitted sprites and all that stuff. 
he is working on a new version of uh, Bill Ambeer's Combat Basketball where you play as brands. Like the teams are like Google oh, nice. and Yahoo and stuff like that and Microsoft. And he's going to try and make it a good game, in other words. And That's I'm awesome. like, Godspeed, my friend. <laughs> Dude, that is yeoman's work right there. <laughs> I know, right? Like he's, he's earning his uh, Patreon money with that. But uh, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there because I, I thought that was an interesting tidbit that I had learned. Yeah, that's really cool. cool. Just uh, just don't play as the Phillies in Ken Griffey this year. We'll probably won't have a fun time with that. <laughs> are they gonna, Are they even going to make the playoffs this year? No. No. They're not? No, unless Jeez. we're up by about 15 runs, the bullpen comes in, and they just it just all goes to hell every and time. Heathcliff Slocum comes in and, and blows the game. That's, that's yeah. the only Phillies reliever I can name from back in, like, 1998. <laughs> God, not even Mitch Jose Mesa or Joe Table or anything like that? Joe Table or uh, Mitch Williams is another one. Uh, uh, who else the, cl- the classic joke. They, I know they had J.C. Romero for a while because he was with the Twins for a long time, and I thought he was awesome, and they were stupid to dump him. But, yeah, Heathcliff Slocum is my guy. Yeah, Romero was on the World Series team, and then, uh, like, two years later, he got hit with the doping scandal, and then he never played again. So <laughs> we got <laughs> our one good serious? year out of him. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even know that. Okay, good, good, good. Dropping some names here, and you guys are picking them up. <laughs> I have our phases. I'm a total front runner. That's the only time Heath, Heathcliff Slocum's name has been uttered, even in his family. They don't even call him that. That's the first time that name has been said <laughs> in easily 20 years. Did we have just one uncle? No, 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 no. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it also sounds like a cat from from Louisiana, Heathcliff Slocum. Uh, anyway. Back to, um, I guess, video games and beer. Uh, trying to figure out a way to segue here. I wasn't, I wasn't really prepared to have to segue, segue from old Phillies closers. Phil, Phillies relievers? Come yeah, on. I just, you got to be prepared for anything. I wasn't prepared. I'll let you throw me a curveball there. There's another pun. Um, Whoa. There we go. So your channel covers just about everything under the sun. We've kind of talked about it. You, you've even had beer fight, which is pretty crazy. You've gotten to there. Is there anything that, uh, regarding like news or, or hardware reviews or anything, anything you won't cover? Is there any place within gaming you won't go? I think the one thing Jim and I try to stay away from, and sometimes we'll cover it, but if there's any of that stupid shit drama, like for between YouTube gamers or anyone on the social, like if it's a big story and it's related directly to a game, we may talk about it on the podcast, but we don't really ever want to get into that zone of talking about uh, drama between streamers or this or that like that that stuff has no interest for us Good. yeah we're typically not the uh <laughs> we're, we're not the take sides kind of people with a lot of internet fights because it's like oh, i don't really care that much i don't know any of these people in real life so why get invested Exa- but and on- there's already enough of that stuff out there anyway yeah to yeah. say the least but yeah i mean like on the gaming end there really isn't nothing we won't cover especially with me because i'm at that phase right now where i'm really interested in the weird shit and oh, wait can i curse on the show or oh yeah oh of course Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay i don't know if i i don't know if i crossed that, that that's that's always that's always a uh, uh who joked about that was it josh i think it was daria that said, oh was it no daria retweeted it oh, but right. i think it was a, initially josh yeah. that said like here's every podcast ever it's like and then there's this shit that happened. Oh, shit. Can I swear on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, oh, fuck yeah. And then everybody's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, every oh, God, time. that's so true. He's going to enjoy hearing this exact script, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, at this point, like, I'm only in, I'm more into weird crap than I am, like, anything normal. Like, th- today, we're recording this on the 16th, and 
they just had like the big PS5 presser. And I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, whatever. And right now I'm playing through this little Genesis plug-and-play from 2004, and I'm like, man, this thing's awesome. It's got Street Fighter <laughs> on it. So I, I wanted to go back real quick. Um, you know, I, I confess that I have not seen every episode you guys did, but have you guys, have the two of you, Jim and Brian, have had a dis- bigger disagreement mm-hmm. than you did on Parappa the Rapper? Because I know Jim really oh. liked it, but Brian absolutely did not dig it at all. And I thought that was that made for a really entertaining episode. Can you Man. think of a bigger disagreement that you would have had? I'm trying. Anybody listening, go check that episode out <laughs> on their channel because it's pretty funny. So Parappa, t- what really drove Parappa was the fact that we had a, a like we had people vote on what they wanted, and randomly we've seen requests like people love to try and torture us like with LJN games or this or that, and randomly people start writing Parappa and. Um, I was like, why? But then it like I ended up getting Parappa two and Um Lama Jammy, which I was just like, okay, after you play one of those games, you don't need to play anymore unless you're super into those like rhythm based games. And Jim, as he said, he's into weird shit. So part of it, and Jim, you correct me if I'm wrong, but part of it is you love you love to just. Uh, to kind of get me mad and make it seem like something's better than it really is. Um, but like, other than that, like we, we might disagree. I bust his balls about like, you know, his Sega love. Cause he's one of these blasphemous bastards who tries to claim it's better than super NES. Um, eh. but I don't think like there's many games we've had a hard disagreement. I'm trying to, I, think. I got one for you. Typing of the dead. Oh, fuck that game. That see, <laughs> masterpiece, masterpiece that, of a game. So Jim, like like you said, you'd have to know the history of Jim. Jim was, you know, he was a typing expert because he had to be and things like that. And I get the gimmick of the game. And as an educational tool, I was saying it's an interesting game. But Jim's like ranking it as like in his top 10 favorite games. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> like, you're going to tell me you'd have more fun using a goddamn keyboard than a light gun? And he would argue, yeah. Hey, perfect control scheme. You can't screw it, it up. It's not perfect. It's, it's self-aware. typing. They're Who wearing Dreamcast and, and batteries, Brian. They are wearing Dreamcast and batteries. <laughs> But, like, it was really, even that game, I mean, we'll agree on 90%, like, the graphics, sound, some of those things are just undeniable, but the gameplay, I was like, yeah, I don't want to spend my time just typing. And he is, as he said, he self-admitted, he's a weirdo that would want to do that. So, you know, we uh, we all dance to a different tune, I guess. <laughs> Brian just hated that I thought that, uh, that I like Parappa so much because it's cute and catchy. Yeah. Brian doesn't like cute things. I have to tip my I have to tip my hat to Alex here because he definitely brought you guys on to Sally Jesse Raphael the situation to, to, tear you, <laughs> to tear you guys apart so that we can be the, the podcast associated with with drinking and playing video games and, and 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 get you guys you know out of the way of stardom here but uh, I actually I I'm kind of I. I I can empathize with Jim a little bit. I don't know if I would rank these games like top ten for me, but I do. I do fancy the weird shit. I like. I like getting my hands on like consoles nobody liked. I love my 3DO. I don't think I like any of the games for it, but I like that I have a 3DO. I like that I have the, the whatever that was, and the the, the redheaded stepchild of of that generation because there's so much in there no one talks about, and I think it's cool that 
your channels like yours will will actually go at it. You might you might cover the, a 3DO game, or you might at least uh, talk about it on the podcast. And uh, even though they're not popular and that's not a lot of clicks, uh, I appreciate it because, like Jim, I like that weird shit. But yeah, can you at least admit, Trav, if you like something weird, I'm cool with people liking weird stuff, but will you be honest and be like, yeah, it's weird and it's not good, but I still like it, versus Jim will say, oh, no, it's really good, too. Like, he won't ever just admit <laughs> if it's bad and that he just likes something bad. He'll still fight that it's good no matter what. Uh, the, it might depend on what it is, uh, honestly, because I, I have my, my beliefs and my, my firm roots on some opinions, but... When it comes to typing of the dead, I, I like it because I'm good at it. I wouldn't recommend that to anybody who doesn't like typing. Exactly. <laughs> they have to learn. No, they way. don't. <laughs> they have exactly to learn. What I was you want to beat the game, learn to type. Yeah. What's, this about, what's this about good, good? Oh, I have a game for you. <laughs> and then you just chuck a keyboard out their head. Uh, uh, but actually, what do call it? A 3DO is like one of those white whales that I would love to find at a Goodwill. Because speaking of weird shit, that's where I found my CDI. So that's why I have one. Like, oh. they they must have thought it was like a bargain bin, like DVD player. So they only had it for like eight bucks. And I'm like wow. checking eBay, checking all the like forum sites. I'm like, holy shit, this is a CDI. I was like, there's no way this works. And I brought it home, and then I bought a game for it just so I could test it out, and it wound up working. So yeah, oh, now I'm cool. proud. Proud is proud the word. Yeah, proud owner. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jim, what's uh, give me the weirdest game that you like? Is it Typing of the Dead, or is there anything weirder you can think of? Oh boy. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Weirder than Typing of the Dead? I mean, there's Strip Fighter Two. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's like Gamola Speed on the PC Engine. That's like a weird kind of like you combine Snake with like room to room puzzle solving. Uh, Shit, huh. I, have a lot of, I have a lot of weird crap. I have a train simul a Japanese only train simulator for the N sixty four, Denshin to go. Uh oh, man, I have a lot of hentai crap. stuff on the Switch. Why don't I have one hentai game on the Switch? <laughs> Why do you feel uncovered? <laughs> it's, a, it's nice for a waste of ten minutes. See, see, you can't just say it's a bad game. He's just got to say it's good. Look, it's got its uses. What can I say? <laughs> it's not a complete waste of $6. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, probably besides any of the CDI stuff that, like, randomly got ported or, I mean, like, having Rise of the Robots with, like, the real Brian May soundtrack to it. Like, that's one of those things. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, this is this is a showpiece for the collection. Yeah. And then, of course, I start listening to Resurrection too many times, and I'm the only person in the world who sings that song's praises. <laughs> yeah, I go down weird rabbit holes left and right. Nice. I like it. That's funny. Um, so besides the, you know, the, the pairing with beer with games and all that sort of thing, one thing you guys do really well with your reviews is that you actually sound like you're talking like normal people instead of reading off of a script. Um, is that by design? Do you guys script things out? Do you have notes you go by? Uh, how does the voice? How do the voiceovers work for you guys? Where you're able to get them to sound the way that they do? Uh, so it, like I, I think we had talked about it, Alex uh, with you on, on our podcast. We we it was and it was by me, so I'll take all the blame for how stupid we were. Um, before I thought it would be a really good idea to pre-record our thoughts on a game and then. Or I'm sorry, to pre-edit uh, all the video clips we wanted in a game, and then try yeah. to record our voice to that. It was oh, a okay, yeah, terrible exercise. We'd be rushing, 
Jim and I, you know, we never had mic time before, so he has lots of pregnant pauses or in-betweens, and I talk too fast, so getting our timing down was all over the place. It was just, that was a nightmare. And then um, I, I never wanted to be someone who, like, fully scripted something. Like, I, I mm -hmm. wanted us to just let it kind of flow, and usually, um, especially when we would always get together, we would be drinking while we're doing it. So some of the reviews sure. would definitely be a little like, hmm, maybe we would have said something a little different here or said it a little differently. But other than that, it's really just we go. Um, every so often we'll just say like, ah, do you think that sounds okay? And 90% of the time it's like, yeah, I'm sure that's fine. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like we did want it to be very – we want it to be unscripted. We're not professional by any stretch of the imagination. We're not experts by any stretch, and we're not – trying to portray that we wanted to be like if two buddies got together and just wanted to share their opinions over some beers this is kind of what it would sound like and i got to give brian a lot of credit too because when i started doing videos on my own like for some of the random more random hardware reviews or a random top 10 list like i'd be going back through the audio and scraping through it with like he says my pregnant pauses and my awful transitions with my ands and my so's and i was like oh my god i do this to brian every episode I'm a friggin' dick. So actually, for some of my for some of my solo videos, I'll uh, script a few things just so I can save myself a few hours of editing. But yeah, Brian does the uh, he does the heavy lifting there. Sound familiar, Trav? <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I edit you, yeah, it does kind of actually. Yes, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, it's all I, good. Uh, I'm a bitch to edit when it comes to podcasts because I tend to ramble and uh, yeah. It's, it's, it gets bad. I have to be s somewhat scripted because otherwise I just fall all over myself. I don't know what I'm saying. I lose my train of thought. I go off talking about solitaire or something weird. <laughs> or, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. And then I'm like, how did I get here? Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's it really does boil down to making you feel like you're being spoken to rather than making you feel like you're being talked at. Because so many... There are certain channels out there that are so professional and so well done and they have the same they have this like newscaster tone to them where it's like I'm being read the news, you know, as I'm sitting there reading my paper and smoking my pipe or something like it's 1950, <laughs> like they're Walter Cronkite or something. And it's like you can't do that. Like I, I think the, one of the reasons Snest Drunk actually ended up working by some weird miracle is that. I wanted it to sound like some guy sitting next to you that's like, hey, here's this game. Here's what you do. Here's how many lives you got. Here's what this is. Here's what that is. Eh, this part kind of sucks. <laughs> eh, this part's pretty cool. And the music's awesome. You know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it, I always made sure to try and make it sound like it's conversational instead of, you know, re I always say this, but reading the right column on Wikipedia it's like, yeah. oh, God, I can just go to that damn site myself and read that <laughs> shit myself. I don't care who published the game or, you know, what what exact date it came out. Like, I can go find that myself. I want to see footage of it. I want to learn something about it. And I want to, you know, get some insight about the game. And I think you guys do a really good job of that. Yeah, I was going to say, you, it, it, it would it would have shocked me to hear that you script any. I mean, you make it sound so casual. Oh, thanks. And you definitely, like... You know, you sound completely unscripted. Like, to me, the the most I would have thought you scripted is maybe, like, you have bullet points somewhere where you're like, oh, I just want to mention this, that, or this. Like, you know, it's you, you sound very much like, 
you know, you're someone who really knows the game well, you played through it, and you're giving, like like you said, the highlights of things you like and didn't like. And, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely, you, I, it goes without saying that you hit the nail on the head with your reviews. Thanks. Any compliments from you, Jim? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're pretty good. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you like that kind of thing, I guess you're all right. <laughs> if, you're, if you're into that. Like, but no, I mean, I will say after having done a couple shows with you, like, it's not that big of a leap between your content and, like, what you do in the podcast as you talk to a person and what you put out there. And I like to think that we kind of try to do the same thing. You guys definitely do, for sure. There is no, uh, there's hardly any leap at all in my mind, so... Um, and I think that goes a long way because, again, it's I don't want someone reading to me like it's, you know, it's it's the freaking local news because, yeah, nobody wants that. Yeah. But, you, uh, you make a good point, too, because I think I think there was an era of YouTube and it's probably still going. But people wanted to emulate professionalism. That's what we had always seen as, as a newscaster or something and or, or IGN or, or G4. And people tried to replicate that with their own tools and methods. But really, I think what what you found is de-evolving that and just being the guy on the couch and just saying, hey, man, this is this game. This is the way it looks. This is the way it plays was actually uh, a better thing. It's like it's like an evolution, but a de-evolution at the same time. It's like just pare it down, make it simple and deliver it in a way that's very easily digestible. And it ends up being a better product, at least for a lot of people. I, I prefer that. So I, I think that's uh, it's just sort of like the next step is to get away from trying so hard to be you know super you know professional and, and being the weatherman when it comes to telling somebody about the games and, and really just just focusing in no 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 it's every game's got to be a hidden gem oh. that's that's the point <laughs> oh, of youtube yeah. is it's hidden gems and that's don't forget point. you got to do the youtube face in your thumbnail the shocker oh yeah you, oh, you got god <laughs> <laughs> you i got that. you got to make a I did that one Go time ahead. with one of my hardware reviews, and Brian saw it and went, Jim, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm doing a little experiment for the page. Yeah, I want to see, you know, try it like this way. No, Alex, I, like, uh, I did have one question for you. So, for you know, me? Yeah, okay. like, so one thing I, we noticed is, like what we said, with the casualness, um, was there any thoughts of you when you were starting this that uh, you wanted to avoid being a character of any type because that was one thing like we said there was plenty of people and we love the angry video game nerd but i said it would be so exhausting to have to play a character to do his reviews like i so we always wanted to be like let our true thoughts shine through and not try and amplify it with extra anger or with a you know a motive behind who we are presenting it like did you ever consider not doing it this way and doing it with a character or was it always just let me do it the way I'm doing it. Never, ever considered a character. And I was going to bring that up about you guys, is that you guys are just two regular dudes, which I think, you know, the, there needs to be more of that with not just retro gaming, but with, like, content and reviews and stuff like that. It's just, it, there's none of this character nonsense. Uh, because I think the I think the market is, the market, uh, but <laughs> I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes as I say that, but... Uh, it, there's already too much of that and there's already too much of that that's not all that well done so it's 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 a hard thing to do right and i have zero confidence that i would be able to do that right anyway but no i had no interest in in doing that because like you said there are already a million avgn ripoffs at that point and uh i thought in fact that was the reason why i wanted to do stuff the way i wanted to do it it's because 
you know, I tell this story all the time, but it's, I remember looking for footage of, I wanted to know if a certain game was good and all I could find on it was like some guy pointing his webcam at his TV and it was like 12 minutes long and he's just droning like, oh, here's this fighter and he, he's got this move and this move. And then he does this. If you do this button combo, I'm like, this does not help me. Like, I just, I can't even focus the damn camera first. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I wanted to do something other than that that was that wasn't a character, but was still more informative. Um, kind of like how Siskel and Ebert was with movies, not necessarily with their opinions, but with just their format. Like, hey, here's this movie that's in theaters now. Here's fi- here's clips of it. Here's what we think of it. Okay, next movie. And it was like five minutes long. Yeah. Why isn't there something for like games now for that? Like, why can't somebody do that now? I guess, uh, you know, why does every... I'm trying to think of people that do that. And every review I, th- I see of like every new game is like freaking two hours long. And it's like, <laughs> use your technical writing skills, people. Come on. Like... <laughs> let's 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 shorten it up here but yeah no thanks for saying that but no it's uh it it, i've never wanted to be a character and i i appreciate you guys for what you do because you guys are just very obviously and you can tell making the leap from the youtube channel to the podcast like you're just two guys playing games no thank you we appreciate that bud yeah for sure and even even then we're trying to get well brian does it for the most part but trying to get into twitch streaming too just because especially like during covid and stuff like that we weren't going to be going out of our way to, for lack of a better term, to be around each other. So we're like, oh, we got to supplement this some other way. So that's when, like, the podcast became weekly and when Brian really started dipping his toes into Twitch and stuff like that. And when I would make more of my, like, on-the-side videos, like a random top ten or some random-ass hardware review. Just, you know, we, we it almost felt like for a little bit you get stuck in a rut sometimes with how you do stuff, too. So it was almost like a nice forced change for the page because we haven't been like it's never been like you know taken off like gangbusters anyway, so it's almost even evolved more into like the casual sense while still pumping out at least one or two videos a week. Yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. That uh, is interesting to me because again, you have you have a a large library of videos and, and a history that's that dates pretty far back. Uh, I guess maybe this question is more uh, deserves more of a pre-COVID answer, but because you guys put out so much content how often do you see each other um pre-covid it was definitely once a week uh at a minimum it was once a week and what we would try to what we would try to do is bang out like you know uh we're gonna record a review a review of a game and get our podcast in at the same time um you know and sometimes it would just be like how long is that time we're seeing each other so you know, as Jim alluded to, you know, having families and having kids, we have to very be smart about how much time we can really spend with it. Um, but, you know, I think once things can are starting to get back to normal and it seems like they are, uh, we'll probably get back to that format. The big thing is, like, we just didn't want to kill ourselves with getting trying to get too many reviews out. It's like we want to make sure we hit up games that either meet something we're trying to do, whether it be a theme or um, we're currently looking at kind of a format where we give each other games that we want to play and then um we allow the other one to play for so much time and then we're going to get together and just review it and talk through it right um, right so it's not content for the sake of content you're actually it's got to be meaningful and and worth the, mm. worth the time and effort so that's 
that's good. I, I want to bring uh, Sally Jesse Raphael back into this because you guys have worked together for so long and been obviously very close. Have there been some times where you're like, bro, I need like two weeks without you and I'm going to make my own videos and I need you to go play with your CDI and leave me alone? <laughs> uh, I would, if we ever needed time, it would probably just have been like not so much, hey, uh, we need time because I can't see you because we're annoyed. I think it was more like, hey, we just need time for family shit. It, it was, it's usually that. You know, we, we bust each other's balls, but it's never in true mean spirits. Um, so, I mean, Jim is a son of a bitch, but. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. But, I mean, it's all like if we were going to have a special video, like we used to, we were doing it a little bit more before the pandemic hit again. But when we first started, we wanted to make drinking games out of video games. And those were videos that we put a shitload of effort into for minimal results, but we had a ton of fun doing it, but it was like an all day thing. So <laughs> there's nothing if, like going through 16 beers in like a two hour game session, getting way geez. too drunk. And then like, Oh boy, we used, uh, I can't do anything today now. <laughs> yeah. Like the, we always had to plan a day or two after that of just like, Oh, we have to do this on a Friday because our weekend will be shot. So that, it'll be, it'll be those kind of hangovers. We used to actually bring a breathalyzer to us. To show during the course of it how much how drunk we were drunk getting we would get. too. Oh dang! <laughs> yeah. Wow. It yeah, was... we committed to that bit. <laughs> yeah. But to back to your question about uh, needing time apart, anytime we we actually randomly would have time apart, and it wouldn't be on purpose because we are the kings of hardware failures. So oh, anytime we'd be in a nice little uh, spurt of doing things, our Brian's the main editor for the page, and his rig would die. So it's like, oh, I guess we're down for a month. Well. I guess we'll see each other casually then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, it's, it's good that uh, it, it seems like you guys really do get along if you're able to work together and put out content together and, and do all this stuff and and uh, not face any ill effects because it is just for fun, and I think it's easy sometimes to lose sight of that. Um, I do have to ask, though, this is, a, this is kind of a jokey question because when people ask me to describe a beer I'm drinking – I, I don't have a lot of good adjectives, and I hear you guys talk about it, and you guys all, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. That's a good way to describe a beer. I'm always like, this one's cool, crisp, crisp and, and refreshing, which says nothing. Wow. And I know you guys have harped on this in the past. Give me some adjectives. What are some good ways to describe a, a beer? What, how would you describe the beers you're drinking right now without using cool, crisp, or refreshing, please? Well, Jim's the king of cool. Just like Jim, I'm that if guy. Jim, if Jim likes a video game, you can guarantee he's going to say it's charming, it's interesting, or it's cute. Um, <laughs> and that's what he says for his beers: cool, crisp, and refreshing. Um, you know, the thing is, where he gets a job done. If it's just you know, middle of the road, gets a job done. It, it, it's one of those. It's one of those double-edged swords. When you get into anything and you see verbiage, like I'm one of those people, like oh god, I hate when people use certain verbiage. But then you really get into it, and at this point, like you know, through my Untapped, I'm damn near at a thousand unique beers I've tried, and I go out of my way to try as many as I can. And trying to describe what it is I'm tasting, I have to use the adjectives that you're used to. So you know, if you're drinking a stout. You're going to look for, you know, does it have a coffee aroma? Does, is it dark? Is it toasty? Um, if you're drinking more lagers that are malt forward, you're going to say, this tastes bready. And no one's going to know what the hell does bready mean until you have enough beers where you're like, oh, yeah, it does kind of taste like bread. And then you just try to use as best as you can fruits or um, foods to describe the taste. But the mouthfeel is the one where people can get 
really anal about your opinion of how it like represents it's almost like gamers um to a degree like beer snobs can get friggin' crazy in it and they're a group that we're not crazy about but like if <laughs> god forbid you say this beer is like too dry or it's, or it's too watery on the mouth or you know um you, when you're using those adjectives it's just like it's funny because to people who drink it a lot you're gonna understand but if you're someone who's never had an ipa and you have it for the first time and i'm trying to describe the pininess and and that the mouthfeel um you know leaves you with a, a little bit of a salivation you're gonna be like what are you talking about it just tastes like beer so yeah, it, it, yeah there's tons of adjectives and i've done extensive research for like projects we have coming up on this and it really is amazing man like i said it's uh we picked two of the most niche things to get into with games and beer and as you see on Twitter, neither one is a forgiving group when you <laughs> when you talk badly about some of their favorite stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> I do have a word for this beer I'm drinking right now. Boozy. Because, my God. <laughs> my God, 11%. Yeah. You are in deep, my friend. <laughs> and it's not even because of the 11%. Like, I've had more higher alcohol beers, but it has that taste that it was, like, sitting in even a bourbon barrel or something like that as it was fermenting. So it's definitely got that kick to it. Woo. Woo. Yeah. And it's, is it marshmallowy? Um, not so much marshmallow, but the vanilla is a nice touch. Vanilla is nice. Okay. Very Good refreshing. To Good to know. Good to know. All right. Let's get to some listener questions here. We got, um, our friend burger champ and he wants to know what game innovations or mechanics are guaranteed to draw you into a game when you're playing it for the first time? And conversely, what mechanics or cliches are a near instant turnoff? Anybody want to go first? Ooh. You know what? I'll go first. Um, again, keeping it weird. If you take like an outside concept and mold it into a normal game, I'm always drawn to something like that. So... If you take like a Sonic Spinball or a Final Lap Twin, which is like a racing game, but it's also an RPG where you battle with races, that kind of deal. I'm right there with you on that. Yeah, I love creative stuff like that. Um, what is the game I'm thinking of? There's a game on Super Nintendo called, uh, oh God, Fire Striker. And it's a combination of Breakout, but it's a top-down Zelda-like game. So right, it's kind of like, pin- like Pinball versus Zelda. Yeah, it's weird. It's uh, it's it's I love crazy stuff like that. That's like, you know, merging genres that shouldn't belong together. Yeah, if it's like it's hard to pull off. Right. But if they do pull it off, like none of them are ever like top tier games because they don't focus enough. But it's always just something weird enough that like it keeps my interest, even if it's like pretty bad. For, for sure. Yeah. My go to is always for that is always ActRaiser. And I feel like we bring up ActRaiser Great every choice. Freaking podcast. <laughs> But uh, and Trav has been playing Dark Cloud two lately for PS two, and uh, he could speak to that as well. Yeah, I I love that game, Dark Cloud two, Dark Cloud, and even Soul Blazer is kind of a little bit like that action platformy and or action um, RPG Just, and uh, sort of town building meshed together, a fusion of, of genres. It's pretty cool. Dark Cloud was always that game that I would see at a game store when I'm like trying to when I was trying to just buy a new game to play on PS two. And it was a game that I always look at and be like, oh, I should get around to this one. I always see it. And then I just pass over it. But it's always just one I was like, looking back, I'm like, that's one I should have played back then and gotten it when it was still like $3 and everywhere. 
<laughs> I think the I think the uh, Dark Cloud one is is maybe it it should be fairly affordable. It, it was a greatest hit, so it's it's ubiquitous, easy to get. So I would recommend ah, it still. Okay. I think it, it I think it holds up decent. Um, I'll I'll jump in here. I, I think I, I'm really if you describe something as a Metroidvania, I will look at it pretty hard. I'll consider. I like. I just like getting lost in those, and I, I think that's kind of a, a cliche, very broad answer. But if you if you describe anything as if you describe the beer as a Metroidvania, I'd probably be interested in it. So um, more so than if you said Bready. But I also think <laughs> a mechanic or cliche that's a near instant turnoff. Um, I think anything that's purely multiplayer is something that I I don't like as much, or, or something that I can't beat. I like finishing games and if it's an endless game or like a persistent world or something like that i know one it's probably going to be too addictive for me and i'm not going to play anything else and and two i i need the catharsis of actually finishing something uh to enjoy it no i'm right there with you that's the reason i never really got deep into minecraft or anything like that because i need like an end goal and a point like you know digging around and making my own little house and stuff like that it's fun Mm -hmm. but after a while, I just, like, I need a reason to be there still. It's exactly. actually part of the reason I kind of dropped off of Breath of the Wild. Like, it's really good, but I felt like after, like, 15 hours, I still accomplished, like, nothing. So I was like, yeah, I'm moving <laughs> on. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, for me, the thing that always, it, it's a good turn on, and the best way to describe it would be a Bethesda-style RPG where I know I'm going to feel like I'm really in the game, but there is going to be a good story and an end to that. Like, that same idea of I don't want it to go on forever. But I want to be able to feel like I'm fully immersed in whatever world it is I'm playing in. And I want, like, as many customization options as possible. Um, I don't like JRPGs, but, I, but like I said, I'm saying the Bethesda RPG because anything like Skyrim or Fallout games. Um, but turnoffs... I mean, any stupid game that would make you use a keyboard as a main mechanic. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, I would say a turnoff would be... uh, hmm. The the multiplayer angle. Like, I don't like MOBAs or JRPGs or games of that nature. Like, I don't like the idea of you can't just sit and... It's one of the reasons why I'm a huge RTS fan... But I never could get into StarCraft because um, that game to me, like if you wanted to play by yourself, you could have some fun. But if you want to play multiplayer, you can't play it at a more casual rate. You just have to speed through, get to the like point. It kind of takes away from what the game is and it just becomes about being the best at it, if that makes any sense. Um, and, mm. you know, when I play RTSs, I like to build like a whole world, a whole civilization and this and that. And be able to use any unit I want and it doesn't really matter. So, you know, yeah, anything that just focuses way too much on you have to be multiplayer and you have to use the best and otherwise you're not going to have a good time, that'll turn me off. Right on. I hear you on that. Um, I think for me, the uh, the best thing for me that, that I look for, I, I got to rip off Jim's answer and that's something that tries something truly different. Um that uh, is super weird or super like Katamari Damacy. When I saw that game for the first time, I'm like, okay, I have to, I got to do whatever I can to play this game. Cause it looks freaking crazy as hell. Um, it looks unlike any, and to this day, it's still unlike anything I've, I've played before or since <clears throat> other than any other Katamari game since then. Um, yeah. Just, just weird uniqueness, just weirdness, craziness. 
Uh, and that can that doesn't even have to be limited to traditional aspects of gaming. It can be something like NBA Jam. Um, I'll never forget the first time I saw that in the arcade, and I saw Clyde Drexler like jump from the three point line with his shoes on fire, like just dunking on top of uh, I don't know Christian Leitner or whatever. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is a thing? How is this a thing? This is crazy. <laughs> so I, that, anything unique or anything new, like something that's trying something truly different is something that's always going to get me. Uh, as, as far as stuff that's going to turn me away, it's always going to be shit that takes forever. Um, I have a short attention span. So um, I re- I'll never forget uh, play, trying to play. or I, I forget who I was with, but they were playing Xenosaga. Um, and the freaking cutscenes just would not end. And I was just like, what are we doing? Is this a game? Like, what, where's the game part? And I got so mad. And I ended up not seeing a second of gameplay in like 45 minutes. I was sitting there. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this, I, I, I don't understand like what this is. And, and not only that, but the, the dialogue wasn't that great. It wasn't that interesting. I wasn't, I didn't care. And that, you know, I'm sorry, but the Metal Gear Solid games, you're in the same boat. I just don't have time to hear this dialogue or just to sit there forever without playing anything. I need, there needs to be a game there. I can't just sit there and just twiddle my thumbs while I'm watching your, your, your half-baked dialogue, okay? Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Metal Gear Solid. You don't want to hear the equivalent of uh, Kojima jerking off on a keyboard for a script for like 40 hours? I don't. I'll, I'll, I'd rather watch Kojima play uh, Typing of the Dead. Ah, so <laughs> would to I. To see if he could. <laughs> Where's that Patreon? <laughs> Kickstarter. Okay. Now I'm with you, though, because what do you call it? Like, long games, I just don't have. Like, if I hear a game's like 50 hours to beat it, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, well, I guess I'm skipping this nope. one. Nope. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Okay, are we ready for the next question? It's a, it's a real serious one. Everybody ready? It's from Jim. <laughs> yeah, we're. I don't know. It was. I don't know if you. Maybe you sent this, Jim. I don't know. Uh, I sabotaged us. <laughs> Where would a giraffe wear a tie? Up around its chin, or maybe down around the around the torso? Who wants to take it? Down over the chest. Come on, that's basic anatomy right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at. I feel. Like, I'm feeling like the collarbone area is. is mm-hmm. Yeah. To be fair, though, it is called a necktie. Yeah, it's true. And that's it's it's it is. I, no, my answer is going to be the same. It's going to be around the torso because I'm just imagining a giraffe. The thing is, though, is if a giraffe wore a bow tie, it would look better if it were under its chin, though, right? A I was just tie, about yeah. to say that. I thought I was going to be clever. If, if, if a giraffe wears a bow tie, then uh, it deserves to be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think any giraffe, yeah, that has any fashion sense is going to get gonna get mauled by some lions yeah so so just to be clear our consensus is bow tie up around the up around the chin regular tie down around the the collarbone yep yeah i'll say that's fair okay we've heard it here okay that sounds that's our declaration here on the drunk friend podcast uh it's very good (laughs) listen this this is law now okay i don't want to hear any more questions jim about (laughs) giraffes it's like the 14th question i've gotten about giraffes All right. Well, I think that wraps up the interview portion of the episode. I want to thank you guys for coming on and not getting sloppy drunk like Alex usually does. This is great. <laughs> I mean, there's still time. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at my watch right now. We still got plenty of time. I don't know. 
<laughs> no, thanks a lot for having us on, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out Man, how you guys are great. Yeah, shout out how people can find you on YouTube. And you said you you might have a Twitch thing kicking up or kicking around. So how can people find you? And maybe uh, if you want, hint toward uh, something that's coming out soon. Chambers, take right. it away. All right. YouTube.com slash drink a beer and play a game official, or just search for drink a beer and play a game. We're buried under like five comms of SEO for Luke Bryan's song, drink a beer, but you'll find us eventually. <laughs> <laughs> then on Twitter at a beer and a game. Uh, we're on Instagram, drink a beer, play a game. We're on Facebook. Uh, like we said, we have a Twitch, twitch.com or twitch.tv slash drink a beer and play a game. And we have the power Arrow podcast, which is also on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. Oh, and our website, drinkabearplaygame.com. Yep, and as far as uh, things coming up, as everyone knows, I'm a crazy, ridiculous horror fan, so pretty soon we're gonna, I'm going to be shifting some focus and have some special horror reviews coming out on our site for specific horror games. Oh, that's cool. Very nice. Yes, I'm also a huge horror fan, so I'll be definitely looking out for that. So that's, that's good to know. Good to hear. All right, well, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We might even read those out here on the show. If you want to hear more podcasts from our crew, you can check out polykill.com and poke around. And if you got nothing to say in an email, uh, you should email us anyway because we haven't been getting very many emails lately. It's true. So. But uh, you can still contribute. <laughs> Sorry. You can still contribute to the podcast ra- by rating and reviewing wh- wherever you listen. It helps us out a lot, and it only takes a second. That's right, and you can find us all on social media. On Twitter, I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. And once again, you can find the Drink a Beer and Play a Game dudes over at A Beer and A Game. Thank you, guys, that music again. You this heard... was excellent. <laughs> Sorry, we got more. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> that music you heard at the beginning right there and at the end right here is uh, was composed by our friend Kular. The theme song is called Electric Starbounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And if our logo has you, Trav, Thirsty, you could, and for a crisp, refreshing beverage mm. is what you usually had here, oh, yeah. but you removed it this time. Oops. Very clever. But you can thank Josh Leslie for our uh, logo. Yes, thank you, Josh. And be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers. Cheers, guys.